coming at you from the EBITDA Growth System Studios, looking out at the beautiful Rocky Mountains. My name is Dave Gapkiewicz, and I'm with Mike Watkins, and we want to welcome you to the Making Business Profitable podcast. This podcast is brought to you by EBITDA Growth Systems, where we guarantee to double the value of your company within three years or give you your money back. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Michael. How you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's a beautiful morning here in Colorado. It's amazing. Gotta love it. Gotta love Colorado in the in the fall for sure, don't you? Uh, absolutely. So what's happening? You know, I I got this email because I'm thinking about canceling this insurance. I I have two Bernie's Mountain Dogs, and Bernie's Mountain Dogs are kind of known for getting sick from time to time, and I have dog insurance on them, and I kind of half me is like, man, this is really dumb. Like, like insurance that we have on the BMWs? Like health insurance. Seriously? <laughs> Seriously. So so Bernie's Mountain Dogs have a lot of health issues. And so, I mean, they have the highest rate of cancer of any dog. And they have this and that. And they're known for, like, tearing ACLs. And my dogs are kind of big. And they're clumsy. And they, like, you know, it's the front of concerts I let, like how they have a mosh pit and my dogs are kind of like that like once a day they have the WWE Smackdown <laughs> <laughs> and so have you used the insurance yet? no that's why I'm like why do I have this but my dogs are just getting to the age where huh but when your dog the older your dogs get the more the insurance cost <laughs> oh man so I don't know maybe maybe whoever listens to this can email me at Dave at EBITDA Growth Systems and let me know what you think of this because I'm looking for some good advice because I'm thinking about canceling it. But at the same time, I, you know, if something bad happens to the dog, I Hey, I Dave, could you give me an order of magnitude in terms of, like, what that is on a monthly or annual basis? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> dog insurance for a big dog, like a Bernie's Mountain Dog. I'm not saying this is what it costs, but it's somewhere between one and two hundred dollars a month. Yikes. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, there's a lot of discussion here, so I won't take up the whole podcast with this, but I just got that going through my mind this morning, Mike. Yeah, man. Okay. I love Jackson Aspen. I love him, but I don't know. For about a year's worth of insurance, I could probably go buy another one. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, but I know how attached you are to your dogs. I love them. I love them. So I just, I you know, I'm just if somebody, you know, I don't. It's, it's I'm not going to get into it, but oh, that's great. I was told by somebody that owns dogs, you need to have health insurance on them because when it costs you, when it costs you, it costs you. Yeah, I wasn't aware of that, Dave. I didn't know you were carrying dog insurance. I would have, I would have told you I'll take care of the dogs for two hundred dollars a month. You know what I'm saying? Is that a one term or one month fee? I give you my dogs, and a month later, I just don't ever see them again. <laughs> so, okay, yeah. enough about all of a sudden this got dark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? No, man, that's not what I was saying. So, what are we talking about today, Mike? So, today we're going to talk about five reasons why teams fail because we um starting to see our fair share of team failure. I think it might be, you know, COVID is really, you know, stressing teams and 
stressing organizations and um, and this COVID thing is a mess. But uh, but beyond just COVID, uh, we're, we're seeing teams, you know, just not be as successful as they could be. So I, I think, you know, five reasons why teams fail might be a good topic. I think you're right. I think you're right. And I have to jump right out there with the first one, I would think, is typically their manager, their leader, isn't a fostering, empathetic, meet you where you are, kind of leader I think uh, I think it's got to start there I mean if if I were to go to work for somebody and I didn't think that person cared about me at all in today's society that really means something it does and I think you know particularly in the uh, in the manufacturing where you have you know managers that are technical and they're engineers and they you know and they just they're not feeling uh, no pun intended the whole empathy thing but um, I think that the millennials have that part right. Like, you know, as a baby boomer, I didn't expect my boss to empathize with me. I just hoped he paid me every day. Yep. Millennials, you, you've got to empathize with them. you got to meet them where they're at. In between Gen X and millennials, there are some Gen X guys, that, that ladies and men, that want to say, hey, I want you to invest in me. I mean, that's kind of where, between boomers and Gen X, is where people went from staying somewhere and having a pension to, okay, I'm going to have four or five jobs because it's the fastest way to climb the ladder. Sure, I mean, sure. let's be honest, that's what I did. I went well, from one place to another place to another place, and it was leaps and bounds with growth. They kept giving me, because I, I was very aggressive and looking for that next big opportunity. So if my current boss wouldn't give it to me, I went somewhere else that would. Well, I can remember over the course of my career, at one point, if you received a resume with someone who moved two or three times... That was a bad thing. It was a bad thing. And now you get a resume where someone hasn't moved two or three times, and it's sort of a bad thing. So it's like, what's holding this person back? Totally, totally. Are they motivated? Do they have a vision for themselves? Why do they let themselves stay in this spot this long? Yeah. Was a question we heard yesterday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's interesting. It is, it is. But I mean, I think when you boil it down to manager leader and how they treat people, it's so key. I mean, I. One of my favorite things in the shop is just to go around and interact with the people. Say, hey, how you doing? Give them a little fist bump and uh, and just <laughs> look in their eye and take it, pay attention to the metrics. And if someone's doing a good job, say, hey, I know she did a really good job. You say, thanks, man. Did a great job. I love Absolutely. that. I love that. Yeah. You know what? People start, stop leaving when you do that. They respond. Um, you know, management is getting things done through other people. And so... You gotta tend to the caring and feeding of those other people if you want them to get the work done. So what? What else do you think is another good one? Well, I think a, a team will fail if you have the wrong person or the wrong people on the team. And I say wrong person because you can have one person just spoil the whole batch, right? So if you know, and if you got you've got a, a person who's negative, or you have a person who's not pulling the wagon, and everyone else is observing that person being negative or not pulling the wagon, and nothing is done about it. Their, their behavior starts tending towards, you know, negative and, and non-productive. So if you have the wrong person on the team, you, you can have a team fail. Or if you have the wrong people, um, the team can fail. So, you know, you don't want to use sports analogies all the time, but if you have a football team with really good people on it, um, you know, you can win. If you don't have good people, you can, I mean, I, you know, you can really like your wide receiver, but if, he, if he's slow, 
you're not going to win. <laughs> yeah, that's a, he could be a great person, but if they don't perform, right? Yeah. But yeah. I mean, at the same time, I, I remember a story when we first met in the company that that we were working with. Um, they had one of the sharpest guys in in a leadership role that I had seen in a long time. As far as just super smart, one of the smartest people I've really come across as far as as far as that that industry, and the most negative person that that I had. Uh, had the pleasure of working with. I mean, I learned a lot from that person. So, I mean, not all bad, but kind of negative. Uh, something that the glass was always half empty and nobody was able to do what they needed to do. And so we talked down to them, we drive it that way. And it was it was pretty messy. And we had a lot of turnover because, because we put up with it. You wake up in the morning and you gotta go to work. You know, that's, that's the nature of the beast. But if you don't want to go to work, because you know the people at work uh, drive you nuts, or you know you don't like the people at work, or they steal your energy, man. And, you know, at some point you, go, I'm not, I'm not going there anymore. That's right. So, That's right. What else you got? You know, I'm gonna go with lack of a plan. Uh-huh. Um, I, I think a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times, teams fail because, hey. You run this department. Cool, cool. I'll talk to you later. And you come back and say, well, "Why didn't you get this done?" He's like, "Well, I'm, I'm working, man. Uh, I have a I have a bowl, and people keep putting stuff in my bowl, and I get stuff done." But, but okay, what's your plan? And then they go and they put a whole bunch of objectives on the board. Uh, and now listen to me, everybody. Objectives are not a plan. I'm going to get this done. The plan is how are you going to get that done? Oh, Dave. So. <laughs> Just because you have a list of objectives and you throw a list of objectives to all your people doesn't mean you have a plan. You need to grab that part. You need to process it here. And then after there, it goes here. And then after that, it has to happen here. And then from that, it gets checked and then it gets shipped. You know, or I have to call this supplier and I got to get this done and set this date and make sure they have this, this, and this. That is a plan. It's not just a list of objectives. So a lot of people, they start, they work really hard, but they run in circles all the time because they don't have a plan. Don't have a plan. And, and you know, why wouldn't you sit down the people who have to do the work? You've established the objectives. Why you, wouldn't you sit down with them and have them work through the plan with you? Because if they work through the plan, then they own the plan. That's right. That's right. It's, it's just... I, I saw a very, very, very detailed list of objectives the other day. I'm thinking, I love this guy, but it's not a plan. Yeah. <laughs> How do I tell him? It's the first step, but it's not a plan. And then I think uh, uh, a corollary to the lack of plan. Can I say something really quick? Sure. Before I'm sorry to interrupt you. No worries. A plan is what, or objectives are what. A plan is how. Yes. So when you're writing down a list and you're writing down a plan, you identify what first and you write down all the what's and underneath the what's you write the how's to get that what done. Does that make sense? It does. And then, so that's, like I said, uh, the corollary to that is a team should have a scoreboard. So if we have objectives and we have uh, uh, developed a plan to accomplish the objectives, then the scoreboard is, how are we doing? Oh, you gotta have a score. If you if you don't measure it, it doesn't matter to you. Yeah, totally. If you don't measure it, it doesn't matter. And so teams that just languish, it's it's usually because I don't know whether it's first and ten, 
I don't know that it's two minutes left in halftime. I mean, I don't, I don't know where we're at. You know, are we on target? I'm working hard every day, but not quite sure if we're winning or losing. And so to provide a team with, with, with objectives, a detailed plan, and then a scoreboard about how we're doing on the plan, it's, it's just so powerful. And it's so powerful, I mean, and we've had Justin on the show, you know, a couple times, and we, we love Justin, Justin Quinn at Focused on Machining. And I'll never forget the first time we said, hey, you know, what's your, what's your efficiency at? And he pulls up his system, and he, had, he, had, he was running E2 at the time. And uh, in the system, it said, hey, we're at 70% efficient. So I bid my job for 10 hours, or I bid my job for 7 hours, and it takes, you know, 30% longer. So it takes 10 hours, so I'm only 70% efficient to my bid. So then he posted it and started sharing it with his team. He put it up on the wall. And then next month, he was at 100%. Sure. I mean, people respond. If you have the right people on the team, they, just, they want to win. They didn't know they weren't winning. Totally. And, and, you, and people want, I don't care what anybody says, and if you're a negative manager that says, my people don't want to come in and do a good job, I kind of want to put you over my knee. But I'm not a violent person, so I would never do that. But um, no. <laughs> So the truth is, is people really get up and they come to work and they want to do a good job. They want to do a good job, and you need to look at people in that manner. Don't ask them how they feel. Assume that they want to come to work and do a good job. And if they want to do a good job, all you got to do is let them know the score. How's your quality? Are you delivering stuff on time? You know, <laughs> are you safe? I mean, safety safety first, then quality, right? Got to make a good part. And you got to, it's got to be good there. And you got to be safe. And then you got to deliver to your customer. Sure, sure. And I think the last one, Dave, is, you know, sometimes it's just circumstance. Like, you know, the stars and the moons line up and your team, uh, despite all those other issues, is successful. You know, and it's just kind of serendipitous that it was successful because really you didn't do anything to make it successful. It was more circumstance. That's right. In the same, in the same way, you can have a team that's really tight and doing everything they're supposed to be doing. But, you know, I don't know, there's a downturn in the market or uh, uh, the Chinese do something to your industry. I mean, you know, so... Sometimes uh, circumstance and serendipity will, you know, will get you, both good and bad. But you know, you uh, you can't really plan for those. Uh, when they happen, then you s establish a, a, another plan and then you execute based on uh, you know mid-course corrections. I think. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think uh, people that weathered the people that are going through and weathering the COVID storm are figuring out that even through you know, dark days when you have employees just show up missing one day and you need them and you see people step up. People are seeing a lot of that today. Yeah, there's opportunity in everything. If you ever have a chance to go safely out of this country and go to a third world country and see what human beings are capable of doing with a lack of much of anything, it will amaze you. Human beings are extremely resilient and some people that have nothing are very happy and when you realize and then when you come back here and you look at your team and you look at what you have, there's a big reason to be thankful and thank being thankful for your team and putting your arms around them and saying, let's go, let's do this. And making sure your team doesn't fail is one of those wonderful things. What do you think? Right on, Dave. Right on, Mike.
we at EBITDA Growth Systems do what we do to impact lives through improving business performance. To get access to our content or engage us in any way, you can reach our contact page or any of our information on our website at www.ebitagrowthsystems.com.